afternoon episode of 94 Feet with Coach JT. Again, thanks to everybody who's been listening, watching, man, on all the airways, leaving uh, comments and just suggestions, and also tapping in with me. Um, I appreciate y'all tapping in. Um, again, shout out to everybody who's listening, tuning in. Subscribe, 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 as they say. Um, hit the hit the website real quick, though. I mean, I'm working on these graphics. Got the website up. Got some merch going. 94feetwithcoachjt.com. Got some t-shirts on sale still, some hats, some different stuff. Full website you can watch an episode you can um buy merch you can even check out the events page i got going on there with some events going on here in sacramento um again appreciate y'all support on this monday man i gotta get this good doctor right on we'll get right to it because my man get his rest to bounce back for his um to next day at work but i'm running to a short bio real quick man dr brown's a morehouse graduate i mean i got my hbcu started on too i gotta get him one too actually i think i got him a real one for him over here i might send don't, you don't send me I, one. I already do man um uh, from uh, Morehouse College, also Boston University. Man, he went to uh, see medical college. And is that how you pronounce that? Murray? Mahari. Mahari. Okay, as well. Um, he's also on the board, certif certified emergency physician and assistant professor in emergency medicine and health equity and social justice curriculum, thread lead at Stanford University School of Medicine. Um, throughout his career, he has um, been in the front lines of social medicine and health equity. He also is a chief impact officer of TRAP Trap Medicine, um, barbershop based wellness initiative that leverages the cultural capital of barbershops to address the physical and emotional health of black men and boys. Um, Dr. Brown is also serves as a diverse equity inclusion consultant for organizations like um, Google and YouTube and contribute to health equity, wellness, um, commentary to the New York Times, NPR, USA Today, GQ, Men's Fitness, and Bloomberg as well. But also, man, he's a, he's a, he's not a little bro anymore. He's a big bro. He's, he's a young man, uh, a friend of mine, somebody, a church family, brother of mine who I've known for years, um, Dr. Tyler Brown. I appreciate you, my guy. How you doing today, Doc? JT, I, I am, I'm, I'm blessed to be here, man. We, we have, uh, a long history and i just <laughs> yep. want to make sure i honor and say i love what you're doing it's Appreciate incredible you. to highlight uh some of this homegrown talent mm -hmm. and i'm just happy to be here uh rapping with you today bro yeah man and i know again i've, I've watched even the uh from we've been around to today one of it man like we talked mm -hmm. offline when we got started bro the pre the start of this thing but now you said if we would have thought 25 years later we'll be doing what we're doing servicing people helping others i mean like i said bro, advocates in the community in two different forms and facets, right? Doing right. two different totally things, but still helping community, but also mentoring, trying to help other men, uh, boys alike, man. It's like, but it's a blessing in all of it, like we said, man. I'm, I'm thankful to be in what I'm doing. I'm glad to see you're doing it. And I, I'm always going to support you because, bro, it's not for everybody what you do. Thank it's you. not for everybody what you do. Yeah, you and, say and, that again. <laughs> and you got to be a special, you got to be a special person, man. But also you got to have something inside of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that's something like, you know what I mean? Like right now we're going to get into that a little bit, bro. So, I mean, just, yeah, just get into the, let's, let, let's take it back. Cause I mean, some people may know the doc, they may know of the doc, but just give me a little bit about the, the upbringing of, of doctor before doctor became Dr. Brown, man. What was that like for you, man? Get some information. So, you know, I, I, I'm from Sacramento, Southside, Sacramento, um, born and raised. My parents, you know, they, they poured a lot into me. I was blessed to have two parents. Uh, one was a firefighter. The other was uh, a teacher. So my dad was a firefighter at McClellan, McClellan Air Force Base, mm -hmm. uh, Air Force Fireman. And then my mom, she taught at Job Corps first, uh, the one over there near the oh, yeah. right there. Still yeah, open, yeah. man. Still going. She Still taught going. there first, uh, worked for the state, and then uh, got a job working at Florin High School okay. as an English teacher. And so, you know, when you look at these two jobs, it's like a mother 
who values education and learning. And then my father, who's mm-hmm. like running into burning buildings when everybody <laughs> runs out. Service. So those two jobs are kind of what kind of crafted my upbringing. Uh, I'm heavy in 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 being raised at Antioch Progressive, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, JT was the big bro when I was in there trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I want to be in the choir. But our parents said, parents said, you have to do something. You have to be somewhere. We're going to be there four or five days out of the week. Yeah. We're going to be with other youth. We're going to communicate other families and our parents and whatever aunties were together. was like, y'all going to do something. So like we made the best of that thing. Right. I'm going <laughs> to drop you off and you're going to be there with some like-minded kids. Right. Right. <laughs> so right. Don't embarrass me. Right. You're going to communicate. you got to participate too. Though. You can't just sit there and do nothing. Right. We're going right. to take you here. But also back then and you know now is what the world needs to get back to some kind of way. It was a safe haven for us to go to. Word. And we knew Word. each other's families. We knew each other. I know, hey, I know all them. We all together. Our parents, oh, they cool. They grew, they grew up together for years. I'm cool. I know they people. I know the church family. Right. Or somebody else gonna monitor them. Even if the parents weren't there, we knew somebody else had eyes on us at all times. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And that that was something. Again, in those days, was good times. Like I said, man, during those right. times, again, trying to figure out who we're gonna be. But also, I guess that was laying the framework for who we are today. If we look at it, right? Exactly. The structure, the communication, um, the learning, Bible knowledge. I mean, you know, all that right. stuff, right? Just just how to hold on to something and. And be true though, but also be supportive and also know where our, our help comes from. You know, no, I mean? you're not you're not wrong there. And I felt <laughs> yeah. like those connections are kind of what sustained me, it gave me the first real understanding of what fellowship looked like. Mm. Uh, it also gave me an idea of how to build wellness mm-hmm. into your routine because this was a spiritual wellness that we were seeking. And we didn't really know what it looked like, but early it was like, hey, I know where I'm gonna be this mm-hmm. many days out the week. I know what's gonna happen on summer. I, I already had a routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think the last major thing that I really appreciated about it is uh, at the time, I didn't realize that there were so many people who were doing positive things out of our church, mm-hmm. right? You you think about the communities that we come up from and a mm-hmm. lot of communities across the U.S. where they don't have positive role models, influences around them. And mm-hmm. this was like constantly our surroundings. So I'm just grateful for that. We had teachers. We had doctors. Everybody. We had, probably some we didn't even know were certain things. We're like, what? Well, you're what? We had right. people in the armed forces. We had, I mean, you, we could run businessmen, like, yeah, finance guys, yep. lawyers, mm-hmm. everything you could think about. Teachers, yep. coaches. I loved all of it. Yeah, we did, man. And at that time, I mean, that was that was the value, right? So that was probably the hidden gem. We didn't know, but our parents were like, nah, you're around some people who are really doing things who look like us also, but also will hold us accountable, <laughs> but also let us grow, but also bless each other's families and kids, right? That grew us like, okay, you know what? Nah, we generally loved each other and grew up and, and developed those relationships and friendships that are to this day, and um, which is dope, man. Like I said, that, that foundation is everything, man. So growing up in South Sac, man, you talk about mom and dad. They're, they're, they were in acts of service all of your life, right? Mm-hmm. What was that? Was that something like did that? You thought that take them away from you growing up, or you was like, oh, my mom and dad are always helping people. I think that's kind of cool or dope. It took me a while to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked at it two ways. You know, my dad worked one day on, one day off. So some holidays he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go play a basketball game, he might pop up. I just was like, all right, if I, I still got to go out there and ball, I still mm-hmm. got to go do my thing. And with my mother, it was just like nothing could ever slide because she was in the same district that I was in. <laughs> so it was like, you better, be, numbers, you better be getting good grace because I can make a phone call and know what your report card is. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear no mess because these are the people who are at the district that I also go to district meetings <laughs> with. I know the superintendent, like nice. all of that stuff. So it was like the, the reins were very tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I did appreciate, though, that 
my father and my mother uh, did a lot of communication between the two of them mm -hmm. to figure out like how they could show up for me, mm -hmm. even though it was like, all right, you got to give him some room. He got to be a kid mm -hmm. uh, or a young man. Mm -hmm. So don't just be on him all the time. And then my dad being like, all right, what can I make? What's important? What do I need to make sure that I'm 100 percent there for? Mm -hmm. One of those things was he used to take me to martial arts. Like whenever he was off, mm -hmm. we was going to the uh, the gym, the dojo, okay. and we were going train and so that was like basketball was martial thing. arts that was right. our thing okay so that's dope that's what's up man and then shout out to a big sis also I, me having a two and you have an older sis how was the relationship again trying to split time you know how it, us guys we like okay but then girls in the household we like man y'all do a little extra we kind of chill boys want to be active but how right. was relationship big sis and everybody in that too man How's oh that? man so so my sister and i are 22 months apart so just under two years we're right. very close always have been very close in fact just like you and your sister yeah. you don't people don't even separate the names they just be like you know we, we, we always <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was like Tyler and Dale. And yeah. so that's how you you it really took a long time to gain an identity mm. because of the fact that we were always together. Mm -hmm. um, I think our parents were really helpful at doing that. They were like, you know, you're your own person. Mm -hmm. We'll come support you all equally. Dale was into the creative side. She did the arts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, I'm athletics and mm -hmm. the science and math. That was our thing. Yeah, that's that, and that's definitely dope. But also, I think it it keeps you and her because I know we especially as we've gotten older too, the, the together is still there. You know, like anybody got your back, mm -hmm. <laughs> she, sis gonna rock through the wheels fall off. You never got a question that, bro. <laughs> right or wrong, it's like everybody's gotta live with it. It's just that brother sister thing, man, which is it's dope, and I definitely respect it. But also, yeah, and I know she's she's been a great person too, man. Like I said, I think I ran to a while ago. She's just still being crafty and arts, but just a great person. So I mean, just been her. And but I think who would right. you say? Okay, does she take more after mom or dad's approach, sister wife? A hundred percent, my really? mom. I think that <laughs> my sister is literally like 95% my mom, 5% my yeah. dad. And the 5% that she is my dad is the percentage of her that will punch somebody. If it come down yeah. to it, she'll fire that's on them. And I think that's from him, that's but everything else comes yeah, from my definitely mom. definitely mom's laid back approach, man. It's always smiling. I remember, just remember smiles, you know what I'm saying? Dad too. Yeah. Dad sit back in the cut. He don't say much, but you tell his dad I was watching though. He always watching. He always. always got his eyes open, shake your hand, say hello. Give you a handshake, but my mom's always smile more. It's definitely communicate out there with that. That's Pops got some eyes on you, man. Just growing up like that, <laughs> man. Um, growing up, bro, just I mean, I mean, we were and it's kind of like we we're around, we, we formed our group of friends, right? I have my one our group of friends, mm -hmm. y'all was right under us, but we all were together. But also right. just during that time, bro, outside you talk about sports. What stuff outside of sports were you into at an early age, but maybe kept you occupied some of your time? Was it just martial arts and sports, or was there any other thing that you kind of did with and dabbled in as well? Yeah, no, I, w I was lucky, man. We did a lot of traveling as kids, right? So my dad, he was a, a, a van warrior, as I like to call him. <laughs> Get in this van and we're going to go somewhere. And so, you know, I had at a very early age been to multiple states. So I got a chance to see, you know, the country oh. a little bit differently than most of my colleagues. And I have family members all over. So being able to, you know, connect with family members across age ranges and getting that experience mm. was something I th thought brought more maturity to me. Uh, the other thing was, you know, the crew that I rolled up with, you know, guys were on multiple sides of things. I had my guy brother mm -hmm. actually stood probably like a foot taller than I did. Uh, Victor mm -hmm. Rice, you know, growing up, that was who I, I worked mm -hmm. with. And then Aaron and Mark, these are guys that we went to school mm -hmm. with. They all had different things that they were into. So working with Aaron, he got me into golf, mm -hmm. you know, messing around with, with, with Victor. He had me out here looking at race cars and trying to figure mm -hmm. out uh, automotives, you know. So those are things that at an early age gave me a more well-rounded approach to the world. And it wasn't just sports. Right. The exposure was definitely dope. 
I mean, that, and then that's the advantage of having different backgrounded family members or associates or non blood brothers, but brothers now that we grew up with because, oh, they, right. they do a little something different. I can see something different. Or maybe oh, I can go over his house for the weekend. Oh, now, but now we're doing something different. I've never seen that part, which is mm-hmm. dope. Um, at what point, man, do you really, middle school, high school, I'm not sure, do you figure out like, or feel like, you know what, this medical field is interesting to me is where like, this interests me because I'm not a black man. We, we run the sports, right. right? We run athletics. We do music, <laughs> rap. That's what we do. But now for, okay, now right. to choose, you know what? I'm going to do something different. It's not the norm, yeah. right? But I also know everybody's not probably going to like this or they might have their doubts about me doing <laughs> this. But what got you attracted or what made you push? Did something happen to get you like, you know what? Nah, I want to get this. Is made, I can see my, my future. I can see my imprint on life on people right here. No, nah, it was two major events, man. <laughs> So I was really heavy into to being on the team. I was team captain of almost every team I was on. And it was a, a personality thing, a leadership thing, uh, and the ability to communicate with guys. When I was in ninth grade, two things happened. One was we had to do a report on some type of career field. And they told us personally that we could not pick something like rapper mm-hmm. or, or like whoever was that was, was good. Though, but that was, they, 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 they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. All right. I was mad at first, but I was like, at the time it was an assignment. I was going to get it mm-hmm. done. And I, I shadowed a sports medicine doctor. Mm-hmm. His name was Eric Hyden. Uh, and he was also an Olympian. He, he was here in Sacramento, had his own practice, uh, an Olympic speed skater. Mm-hmm. And so, when I followed him through the office, I was like, this is kind of cool because, you know, you have the medals in the office and he's still able to talk to sports talk, but was working with young athletes and trying to restore their mobility. And I was like, that's really cool. And then the second thing was, you know, talking to my mom, I got, you know, she asked me, she was like, you know, you're probably going to max out around maybe six feet. <laughs> you're not going to be <laughs> one of those yeah. guys. And she was like, you can jump through the gym. I understand that. But as things get closer to the top, mm-hmm it may not be realistic for you to be in the league. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think you can do? And I was like, I don't know. I kind of like science. And she was like, yeah, you know, you could be a doctor. And I was like, I could. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, sports medicine doctors, they get to go to the mm-hmm. games. They get to, to literally be mm-hmm. on the court. And once she said that, mm-hmm. I was like, so I could still be around the game and mm-hmm. like get paid. And, uh, and that's what it all <laughs> Wait, so, ooh, sports. Like, I can still get paid. I can travel. I can yo. be around and get a perks. Like it's, it's a, I was a like, win that's win. It. <laughs> that was it. And then eventually I just direct, directed my attention towards trying to be uh, a doctor up, or at least pursue that's medicine. So when you make this push, was it a, what was the first step? Do you remember making that? Did you, is it a summer call as a class you took? Do you remember the first initial step you took and how yeah. hard was that? Cause I mean, Quick example of mine. I remember I went back to grad school. My first day, I was like, "Ooh!" But I wanted to. I wanted to have that professor, you know, be a, to be a college coach, a junior college guy, have a, a master's, and I didn't four year, which I didn't understand. But I was like, "You gotta take the class." And I was like, "Ooh, I gotta go back to school." But I want to do this though. But I was like, "Ooh!" First night it was rough. First day it was rough. But right. what was your first initial like push or step you took to get to that port course? The major push was in my senior year really doubling down on things that would be considered nerdy you know like i wasn't it's hard to be the, the athlete but you also like cool and into like things that were intelligent Sheldon high school my folks and, i give out Sheldon high school graduate oh, well, you already know <laughs> so show you a little love right here show you a little love show you there we go graduate over there but yeah so yeah the, un, the uncommon thing for a black dude anywhere right and then be a doctor right like, bro he was on the hook court like two weeks ago like right and so that was really the hard part was going against what the expectation was to just be like a jock the cool kid Mm -hmm. but being on like the math least like i was a math Mm. and so that was really weird and the crazy part was my teammate 
was also a mathlete, and we had to keep telling each other it was okay. Nice. The teammate I had was his name's Trent Redden. He's now the GM of the Clippers. Small so, world. Yeah. So shout out to Coach B Moore. I know he can watch it. Brian Moore. And B Moore. That, that so B Moore hit me. Know. B Moore hit me. He was like, Jay, he's over here coaching the Clippers. Hey, so hey, hopefully you get him on the show. You heard it from your two old teammates. You got to. Old Coach B Moore. Like, hey, man, but hey, and that's relationships right there, right? Y'all right there. That's how it happened. That's crazy, bro. That's how it happened. So he pulled me aside and was like, you know, he was a, a huge influence for me as a young mm -hmm. man. He was telling me, you know, keep staying on these studies, man. You you kill it here. And so that push to actually do things that were intelligent mm -hmm. and get good grades and lead on the court was the first major step. Mm -hmm. And then the second one was just going to Morehouse College mm -hmm. and, and realizing that excellence had multiple shapes, multiple uh, flavors. And you could be excellent in anything Sir. as long as you knew it was in your DNA. Hey, bro. And then again, I, people, I'm going to say all the black college people I know this about. If you can make it at HPC, you can make it anywhere. Um, and you've traveled, you got to travel pretty that, though. So you got to see a little bit more. Some kids mm -hmm. don't get to travel and go see the HPC, you know. But when you when you, right. when you make that choice to go there, bro, and then you step on that campus, that, that I will say that even though I haven't, I haven't gone there physically yet, but I've seen enough, I know enough. When you get in that environment, which you're a part of, bro, mm -hmm. that's second to none. I've seen a couple of gentlemen mm -hmm. from SAC recently get accepted. One of the kids from Kennedy last year got accepted, bro. His first day there, how they bring him in. A couple people, it's it's second to none, bro. I'm just watching how the, the intake process is on amazing. campus from the gentlemen. I'm like, that is dope, though. That's like that's that's a whole nother month. That's a whole nother monster, but it's a blessing as well, right? It is. Um, how it did is. you feel though getting a part of a new team, of a new, you know, what I mean, a new structure, new team, but also like, man, this is right. young manhood now. Yeah, it was um it was something that I think I yearned for. Uh, I always I didn't have a biological brother. And so growing up, I always looked for opportunities to build those relationships with older and, and guys who were like my near peers. Mm -hmm. And so once I got to Morehouse, I just remember the there was something different in the environment, in the air. They tell you from day one, like there's this crown that's over your head. It's like sitting there and you have to grow into this crown. Mm -hmm. And that's something I had never really been told before. Like you're telling me that I'm capable I can get that. and I'm excellent and I can just get yeah. there. All I have to do is double down on my commitment to growth mm -hmm. and to being as excellent as I could be. Mm -hmm. um, that felt different. The thing I wanted to, I really thought helped was realizing that like we were all in a similar place in our lives. Like mm -hmm. everybody was trying to figure out who they were and it didn't made it normal. You made it normal because you're around other people who are having the same questions as you. And there's a cultural relevance mm -hmm. as well as an experiential relevance that you share. So I could ask a question and someone would be like, yeah, you know, I feel that way too. So mm -hmm. it made it very organic to grow and learn and to really just like sink into my mm -hmm. true talents and abilities. That's what's up. a lot of commonalities too, man. That means it, it, it does good to find people are going through the same thing we're going through. Or I can walk that struggle together. Oh, now I'm not alone, though. Even exactly. though I may not say it out loud, I'm like, are we really in this together? Okay, cool. You know, it's not because it's difficult enough by ourselves, right? Especially That's again, right. young black men, black males, by ourselves alone. But if we have another brother, somebody else to support us, it's a little better, man. It eases that that pain. It, it helps us get through that. But also, it's like, hey, like you said, shout out to even your old teammate. It pushes us to keep going. Like, okay, let's That's keep right. going together. Let's get through this together, man. Um, give me a few highlights, though, while you're at Morehouse, man. I know you had some good times. You know what I'm saying? I got a couple of things I'm going to throw at you later on. But give yeah, me some highlights, man, because you grow from being the California Cali kid. Right. Now you go to that, you go down south, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To live, though, you're growing down there. What are a few things that you just highlight about that place that you'll never forget, man? Yeah, man. The, well, let me start with actually getting there. So when okay. I first traveled to, I got a scholarship to go to Morehouse as a, a, a senior. And I went down there and the first person that I connected with was Storm Briggs. And he, he knew Storm from growing right? up. And, 
And Storm just like told me, he was like, we can thrive here as a kid from California. Mm. Just because you're far from home doesn't mean that you are not accepted and you're not going to be somebody who can actually, again, thrive. Nice. Um, but highlights, man, the first one I was... I, I, I pledged while I was there, I became an alpha. And I think that yes. again, in the footsteps of Brian Moore and the footsteps of Storm Briggs, men yeah. who had in the footsteps <laughs> of Claude Odom, men who had significant effects on me yep. and an impact on me growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, I became an alpha. And then I think the world just kind of unlocked for me there. I was able mm -hmm. to do, you know, step shows with, you know, Will Smith with uh, Mike Vick, mm -hmm. Jamie Foxx. I did a, a bunch of things. I was in a movie, Stomp the Yard. Like mm -hmm. I, all of those things came with the experience. Mm -hmm. um, the other major highlight would be, I think that was where I first settled into the fact that it's okay to be intelligent. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel awkward anymore by having like talking differently than my peers. I didn't feel, you know, alienated. And I think the other one would be just knowing that life events happened and I knew exactly where I was. I remember mm -hmm. when Hurricane Katrina came and I drove down to go get my sister from New Orleans because she mm -hmm. was at Xavier three days before it actually happened. I remember when Barack Obama was uh, doing uh, he was still a senator and he had come down to Atlanta and I saw that I remember campaigns where actual mm -hmm. people who were running were physically there walking into entertainers and rappers and and uh world pivoting changing thinkers on campus so like those are the things that i remember from my That's college experience right. definitely dope like i said nothing like the south i keep it i respect i love it my family down that got roots down that way but though that that upbringing that those trials too but i'm mean, those good times right give me one of the hardest things though because i mean of course we all talk about wins right but also, we don't forget the losses, but it's been tough. Even I was down south when Katrina hit, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. People don't know. Without no power, I was in Mississippi, you know what I mean? At my grandparents down that way. It's, it's a different struggle. Like, it's it really gas went from already cheap to $5 a gallon in a place where they don't have that much gas anyway. You know what I mean? Right. So some of those things. But also, again, together, people overcome. Like, it was network. Hey, man, you got some over here. or come over here. You know, having those resources, man, make us a better person. But give me a, one, a struggle that you may have to overcome, you know what I'm saying, that still shaped you the way you are today, too. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, in high school, I was really good at just going to class, listening, and I could perform on the test and basically kill it. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to college. That wasn't the case. I failed multiple exams. Like, people think that this pathway happened naturally. I'm like, no, I graduated with a 2.81 GPA. Mm -hmm. I failed a one-credit lab, and I did not get to graduate with my class. I had to mm -hmm. walk in the summer because I took summer school. My whole family was down there like that episode of The Cosby Show. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to tell him, like, yo, I'm not going to be walking across this stage mm. on Sunday. <laughs> and, and it was just an awkward feeling and, yeah. and realizing that, like, this could be the uh, the one inflection point in my life that could lead me down another path. But mm -hmm. I was able to recover. And, and that, to me, was one of the most painful things to go through is not mm -hmm. graduating, really trying to be excellent and falling short mm -hmm. and having to figure out what you do when all the pieces have, like, fallen apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I've been there. That's during these times. Who are something? What are some things, or who are some, some people that you may have again leaned on, or need that crush, or what did you do? I mean, or again, I mean, how, how often did you pray during that time, man? Because I, I mean, as we know, during those times, sometimes it may be somebody, it may be nobody, but just you and him. Right. Right. I I did a lot of praying. I, I'm not gonna lie. I think that that was one of the the things that was embedded in me early was to figure out uh, what a could look like and coming to God with your struggles. But uh, I'd I turned to my family. I turned to my mother. She was uh, someone who never was mental. 
she knew I could do better. Um, and would, but still would listen. And grandmother, similarly. Uh, but I had brothers who were also there, people who helped reinvest in the uh, the the part where I had to like create upward momentum mm -hmm. after this significant loss or significant mm -hmm. uh, downfall. I had coaches like who were still in my life. Brian Moore he still was emailing and texting me cool. uh, at that time. And then I think there was one professor on campus who just would never let me accept that the story was over. Yes. You know, this guy, uh, Lance Shipman, Lance Shipman Young, Dr. Young was an organic chemistry teacher. And mm. he would just be like, "Come, Dr. Brown, and he would call me before I was even a doctor. He would just be like, you can do it, Dr. Brown. Stay it out there. That's crazy. And it just, Spoke it just really helped. That's what's up, man. That's, and it, that's what's missing, though, as we know, right? That's yeah. what's needed, those environments, but also that support shift in the way. Look, you are that. You, you can be this young man. You can be this. You can be something different and be accepted, right. man. Um, so you make do one accomplishment, man. I was reading a short bio, man. You, you've had different levels of where you have to take to get where you are. What made you keep going? What made you like there's more to do or there's more to be done? Because after four years of that or one degree, like, okay, whew, I'm done. Bro, yeah. you ain't stopping, my guy. <laughs> you ain't stop. Yeah. It, it, I took it personal, man. I, st I started getting this, this real serious tenacity around the idea of being the doctor. You know, mm. and it wasn't a title to me. It wasn't a role. It was more like a calling. Uh, I would have dreams where I would see patients like that were on the other end of a finish line and they were like asking, come on, we need you. And mm. when you go to sleep and that, you wake up that way, it kind of haunts you. And so I just converted that to positive energy. I failed, you know, the medical college admissions test twice. Um, I had people pour into me and eventually yank me up and be like, you can get this right. And mm. it, it's, it, cl it clicked finally. But um, I think that the major drive was just realizing what I came from uh, and, and who, you know, my family was, knowing my, like in a generation, my dad not having a college degree, coming from Saginaw, the same place as Draymond and Venus and Serena Williams, mm -hmm. and just being like, yo, we are tough. And this is what you is in you because it's in me. Mm. Um, activating that. And then thinking about SAC, man, like I, everywhere I go, I, I believe that Sacramento has to be represented uh, because sometimes it feels like a black hole. Sometimes it feels like our greatest product doesn't get the optics that it deserves. And I felt like I was the tip of the spear, especially mm. in this space. So I had to penetrate through whatever was in front of me and all these barriers had to just be dismantled. Yeah, man, definitely. It, it did me a great joy even during COVID hit, bro. And you on the front line of all this thing. I mean, from the, from the, from the, from the, po the podcast, the shows, the interviews, yeah. to giving us information yeah. about health. Because again, as we know, yeah, we'll see what other people say. But then, okay, now I'm like, if you say it, I'm definitely gonna listen to even more so you. I'm like, because yes, you have no reason to steer us wrong, right or no. wrong. And, or if anything, our, based on our relationship, I'm gonna trust you because I wanted you to trust me the same way. So I'm gonna listen to what my guy got to say. And I was like, okay, if don't nobody else say nothing, I'm listening to what my brother says right here because it's needed to learn health safety whatever family members i'm like he giving out gems y'all y'all better listen he giving out he, he chiming in he posting he's he stating yeah. stuff when it went in time where there was so much other information out there it's like well you can believe what you want but i'd rather have it heard from somebody who i at least know and trust and it wasn't based off of a, this is years of communication mm -hmm. and interaction so i feel better during the time where everybody was like well i don't know what to believe or what to do or what's safe because i'm like well if i'm going through it, i know you're going through it i know yeah, you're about your family man so to, to step up to step forward and that's that was bold. First off, what was the initial? Again, was it something you felt like you had to do? 
head spearing it or something like, you know what, I just want to do it to make sure I protect those who may be listening. Well, I think that part of it was understanding like the role that I now assumed in society, right? Think about it. If you would have told me 25 years ago that I would one day, you know, finish medical school, mm -hmm. but before going to med, like I would fail and then get into medical school, but before going there, have to do public health training and become an epidemiologist is somebody who tracks disease patterns mm -hmm. and then get into medical school and then finish medical school and be like, hey, I actually want to be an emergency doctor and then arrive at the footsteps of a global pandemic with the training in public health, with the training training in emergency medicine and very intimately involved in community work with people of color. Like I wouldn't have that would have been a. a but so basically, though, true. you really was prepping for it. Your whole that's time. what I'm saying is <laughs> that's how you got to understand the, you, how was, divine the pathways are. And because I failed before. I already knew what it was like to uh, come up against an obstacle and have to figure out what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. So when I looked at black people as a whole and specifically communities that are marginalized and often underserved, I was like, we're going to suffer from this mm -hmm. in a way that other people don't really understand. And so having this foresight, I got to be able to stand in the gap. Uh, and I knew that people would listen to me because I ain't never been somebody who was unrelatable. Mm -hmm. I've always kept it a buck. I've always been like a straight thorough dude. So you knew you were going to get something that was honest and mm -hmm. real. And then I'm vulnerable. Like I'm going to show you exactly what I'm struggling with and mm -hmm. make it normal for people to have to, you know, encounter these things. Cause I've showed my entire life, like what it feels like to go through these things. And yep. like, you're not alone. So uh, the, the, the pride that I got, is the part that I don't talk about. It was something I felt a tremendous amount of pride in being able to like communicate health information to people at a level that was bite-sized and at wherever they were, you know, because the ultimate person I had to convince was my father. Hmm. You know, my father, he doesn't trust doctors. This is a dude from the 60s, you know, who doesn't really believe in the healthcare system. So mm. when I had to communicate stuff to him and get him and his brothers to trust what I'm saying, mm -hmm. it was like, if I can do it for them, I can definitely do it for other people. Fast. You know, that's definitely dope, man. And to do it with a way, one foot in front of the other, no left, no right, bro. I mean, uh, the whole process, we in the house, so I had, in the I had time to tune in on all the things. I know we tapped in early before I started. I started this podcast right during COVID, a little bit after. Yeah, I'm like, I man, remember. he is going, he going, I'm like, man, consistency, I'm watching, but also, bro, that's a bold, that's a bold move in the time where people can throw stones your way. People can yeah. tear, tear down your information. People can yeah. say things you're not trying, you know what I mean? And I'm like, well, you know what? But also, who else is going, who else is doing it besides you that we can relate to who's going to offer up the information wholeheartedly? You know, yeah. and it was so much respect, bro, for you that. And again, knowing you, I'm like, okay, man, this dude's out here doing it purposefully, uh, not not wavering because I know it's not easy. I know it couldn't have been easy. But again, right. much props to you, bro, because I mean, it was effective. Um, people <laughs> are tuning in. I'm seeing the reviews. Everybody's like, okay, you see? I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing. I'm watching. And it was good information. So I appreciate you doing that too, man, because you didn't have to. You know what I mean? So I definitely gotta give you your flowers for that too, bro, because that was something dope, man. This 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 trap medicine when that yeah, kicked man. off, I thought that was that was dope. Like in a space where we know the barbershop, a lot yeah, goes man. on in the barbershop. This right here, what we're doing, we're going to barbershop. So we're little, little guys, right? We didn't know it's from this level, right? Right? We should have recorded yeah, our man. conversations back then, but maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. Barbershop talk, but <laughs> what made you shift that into a way to help 
again, our people or others in general, because that's where everybody, you know, fellas, that's where we go. That's where that's we go. If, if, if it's now they're more isolated, I get it. But um, you get the one-on-one with somebody, which is still cool. Right. Back then right. it was like, hey, it's two for homies. The OGs over here. You go and you're the, right. little, you're the little fella. But it's a lot of talking going on. What made you turn this into something like that? Yeah, man. Uh, a couple of things. One, um, barbershop based health work is not new. Like barbershops in general, that if you go to the history of barbershops, mm-hmm. that was where you, you had surgeries performed. You know what I'm saying? Like historically, that's what that right. red okay. and white stripe, the, that's blood. Mm-hmm. That it was a it was yes. actually symbolic. Right? Yes, that's what it means. Yeah. And then they used to have like people who had the best hands who were obviously the barbers. They could right. cut something, you know, could do mm-hmm. the surgery right there in the barbershop. And so that's the first real reason why there's a root there. But in the 70s and the 80s, people were using barbershops to reach people of color to address issues related to heart health. You know, if they had mm-hmm. high blood pressure or having heart attacks, they were like, we can reach them in the barbershops. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew about all of this because of the work I did in public health. And then my brother, Jamil Lacey, man, he's a, a cat out of uh, out of Oakland. He and I went to Morehouse together and okay. I remember him coming up and being like, man, I want to start this thing called trap medicine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's slick, you know, and trust yeah. trap was trust research access and prevention. And I said, mm. this is, is highly valuable. And I understand the reason why you're doing it. Let me be involved. And, and that friendship turned into an organic, uh, again, I would say most working together to try to push these health ideas into communities that were typically separated from now mm-hmm. barbershops are like the country club for for black men mm-hmm. you know where you can go and find out you know where's the best barbecue spot mm-hmm. uh who's the best basketball player lebron <laughs> right. right you know right. you have those, All same those conversations yeah. but we could also talk about stuff like when do you get a colonoscopy like how do you use a condom mm-hmm. uh what does it mean when i'm feeling depressed or or do you know anybody who has cancer like mm-hmm. these things happen in barbershops too and so I just ha- I'm happy that we're able to give information that's reliable and mm-hmm. services that are necessary in those same spaces. That's what's up, man. And, and like I said, it's been happening in different circumstances, but now to bring it to the forefront to also um, be able to have everybody share your information. Like y'all tune in or y'all because I know you guys are going hard. People tune in, people giving questions. You're taking questions yeah. and yeah. dial it. And now again, through the platform, social media. You can be anywhere, tune in and give information or receive information, man. I think that was super, super dope, man. I'm gonna That's throw a couple cool. of pictures up here from you, man. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta dig in the archives a little bit, Let's man. I got a couple it. of graphics, bro. Tell me, give me some uh, information, things that come to mind uh, when you see the pictures come up, man. I'm with see. You. All right, here we go. It says, "Be patient with me, y'all." It's my first day <laughs> on IG. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was funny. Yeah, no, this is a, I had for a long time not messed with Instagram. And then yeah. this day I decided to do it. Uh, this is a picture of me going into my third year of residency. Okay. We were getting ready to receive, uh, they have these trauma activations and someone I think had fallen from like a building or from a oh, fire wow. escape. And it was right before that came in. You could see me with the the scrubs and the, the, the yeah. gown and everything to yeah. keep the blood off of me. <laughs> but I was getting ready to run in there and intubate a patient. And okay. so they took the picture. That's what's up, man. Dope, dope, dope. All right, here we go. Next one. I think it's dope, bro. Yeah, man. So this is during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, I was blessed enough to get linked with about 20 other physicians of all different specialties. Mm -hmm. uh, And we decided like, hey, we have to talk about this health disparity around COVID. Mm -hmm. And let's use the lenses and our collective social media presences to push reliable information that's vetted through 20 different sources. And so mm-hmm. I still talk to these brothers today and we did something that I think has never been done. I truly wish it was more so highlighted, but mm-hmm. every last one of these guys uh, 
has worked in some capacity on the front line and are still continuing to be uh, beacons of hope for black communities in the medicine space. This brother right here, I can't remember the name with the Christian brothers playing basketball. I forgot his name. Oh, yeah. So my boy, Jamie, man. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie with the CB. Yeah. I know him very well. I was like, I Jamie see him on, Rutland, the, on the billboard, on the commercial. I said, wait, he in a commercial. I'm like, I, yeah. know, I know him, man. Good dude. So Good Jamie dude. and I, we did a, a show called yeah. Barbershop Medicine on YouTube. We were able okay. to interview Anthony Fauci together. Ah, um, that's what that was. Those two right. Sacramento kids yep. talking to the foremost authority of on COVID at the time. And so it was just a blessing, man. That's definitely dope, man. Shout out to all you guys, man. But definitely look for ways to tap in and do some more stuff like that. That's right. All right, little, little one right here. Here we go. Next one. What does guys mean to you, man? Oh, man. So uh, <laughs> from left to right, Brandon Earl, uh, yeah. he he is my college roommate from Sacramento, California. We were also right. in the debutante ball in the Lutillion together. Throwback. Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, next to me is my guy brother Victor, and he's throwing up nine one six, and he doesn't wanted us to know. And yeah. this is Aaron Odom. This is Officer Odom, another Man. guy I grew up with, uh, and have been in his wedding. And we family. all together have we're family for real from nine one six. And this is yeah. on one of the roughest days. This is in Antioch Progressive on the day that my mother's funeral mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you can see us all smiling and laughing lets you know how yeah. brotherhood really works. So in in. Knowing that to me, but also, bro, like during that time, and I'll leave the picture up there though, too, because, bro, like in a matter of certain things, as we know as black people, certain things make us together. But the bond y'all, you guys had, I, it was there from day one. Like I said, we're stair steppers, bro. We right behind each other, but we grew up. <laughs> we have literally grew up together, bro. Like we have grown through life together, and to see yeah. us still pushing on, our parents appreciate what we're doing, and they would, you know, what I'm saying we live, they live through us. They live through us. So you can right. tell right now, everybody, you know what I'm saying? You can see the joy. You can see the memories when we was little. I can see y'all when we was running around, messing around. Like, yes, it's, it's a dope visionary. It's in spite of, it's a dope to see y'all black men together still, right? That's I tell right. people, man, it's, it's dope to be, have, people have new friends that say, right, no. You guys, we've been friends for over 25 years, maybe Solid. probably 30 years. I'm sorry. Let me say Solid. 30 years, right? Yeah. 30 no. years, right? Growing up through things together, but also being in this stage today, which has been dope, man. And this last one, I always talked about it earlier, but let me, for, for all my, again, being HBCU, I got to get this up there for you one more time, man. What is, oh, yes. what is it? What is it? Cause hey, I, I went through some of the older videos a while ago. I just saw randomly, but the energy you put, bro, in those step shows, in some of those things man. you showed. And I was like, man, my guy, yes, you are the doctor. But also, you have been, you know, I mean, this is something that is dear to you. Shout out to, like, I mean, we go down the line, man. My cousin Zach Young, Love Storm, you Don Hell, you know what I mean? All you already know. I know when y'all get together, when this, when that, when that, when that pistol grip come up, it's like, going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get airborne. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man, this is this is beautiful. Like the yeah. black fraternities and sororities uh, have served as pillars for of of our black community for a while, and I'm just blessed to be a part of the oldest and the coldest uh, fraternity known to man. And I feel like uh, if it wasn't for my experience in terms of like as a young person mm -hmm. being interested or rather interested, but in engaged with Alpha Phi Alpha, you know, they gave me a scholarship. The only fraternity I had that gave me a scholarship as a high school student. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even like fraternities at the time. It, it really came down to that experience, uh, Morehouse College, shout out to Alpha Row Chapter and all my brothers of Alpha Phi Alpha. Uh, I, I will forever be thankful uh, and will continue to lead the way that brothers do onward and upward. Yeah, that's what's up, Doc. Doc, so at the end of every show, man, I appreciate you. I know y'all get your rest. This is off day, y'all. He gave me <laughs> uh, gave me almost an hour of his time on his off day. But uh, in basketball, you know, take back the hoop real quick, the triple threat, mm -hmm. dual pass, shoot, right? But, man, I know you've had – you have an extensive career. You're still going. You're still changing the mark. But I would like to get your triple threat, right? Three things that the Doc can either – 
let people know who may not know about you, but three things you hold your head on are accountable or how you think people should kind of go about their way or business life, whatever it is, man. Give me three gems that you want to give out right now. You're a triple threat from the doc right now, from the 916 yeah. doc, my, my brother, you know what I'm saying, right now, man, on, on, on before we end this episode, man. Uh, one is going to be health is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that uh, if you do not invest in your health and wellness and your well-being, you will find out sooner and later how far you can really go. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that we as a community have consistently undervalued. And I'm here to help us remember and reclaim uh, how it should be prioritized in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing is going to be you have to know from whence you came. Like there's so many community connections and our lineages are so rich with people who are amazing, incredible, excellent. And and we can tap into that ability to continue to push ourselves to do good work. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I will say is no matter what you do, you got to serve that Mm -hmm. there's no greater joy in life than being able to serve another person in a way that is selfless, because that is truly uh, how you create a system of humility and also show other people Mm -hmm. that it is okay to go ahead and give service. Because if we don't do that, I guarantee you, we don't advance as a people, as a community, as a species, however you want to look at it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. I mean, you hit on the head, man. I mean, that's, that's, that's super dope. And I would say for us, man, let's, Let's make sure we do. I mean, I know schedules be busy. If we can do our part to help inform on my platform, your platform, whatever I need to do, whenever you feel like you need to come on and give information, bro, you know, it's a, it's a one tap J. I need to tap in. Let's get this out there. Or we can have an informal, have open discussions, whatever we need to do, bro. I, you know, it's, it's love, but also it's purposeful. So if, if, as this grows, as this thing grows, if people connect with us, bro, or me, I want to do my part as well to help get your message out there. Because, again, for me, I can vouch for you. I'm, I'm putting my stamp on it, too, bro. You, you stamp with me. And um, I appreciate you, dog. Like I said, keep doing what you're doing. Um, take time for yourself when you can to get a little <laughs> bit of rest, my dog. I know it's I tough. I plan on it. I know I know it's tough. I know those, sometimes those nights, those dreams show probably still happen. But, man, I, I'm praying for you. But I'm, I'm definitely excited, bro. I'm just – I was dope to see – what you become, man. We knew you always going to be something special. We knew it back then. You, you're you. not proving us wrong. Um, and, you know I mean? It's, it's dope to see, but also it's, it's glad to be forever linked with some dope people. Again, like I said, man, like you said, Sack, we got them. But I'm even saying my inner circle, we got them. Right. <laughs> we, we got them, bro. So, I mean, I appreciate you, dog, on this day, man. Again, have a good rest of your day. Um, tell Sis, Pops, everybody, what's up, man? Keep going. And I'm going to tap in with you to get that information and get that T-shirt to you, man. So you Listen, can put that, put that I shirt need on. that. <laughs> I got I need you, bro. That. Hey, let me get these last two, three things I want to say. Yo, it's all you, bro. No, it was just because I, I feel like I would be wrong to not give three clear things medically that people can do. For sure. Um, let's get it in. All right. One, colonoscopies. I can't say it enough. And I know that's a weird thing to talk about, but we've watched some really incredible people pass. Because of failure to get basic screenings. So colonoscopies, mammograms, these things are life-saving. And I'm really encouraging your listeners to take uh, a moment to check in with a doctor to do that. Uh, The second thing would be, again, mental health, man. Mental health, we have, as a community, have undervalued this. We we treat it like grandmother's couch, like it's underneath, you know, some plastic. And we can't really touch it or approach it. Mm -hmm. Um, Those days have since changed. You know, we've changed the stigma around mental health. And so I'm encouraging right. people to think about therapy as a way to address personal trauma or childhood trauma. Uh, and I think that the last thing is, yo, we're still dealing with COVID. 
You know, we're still dealing mm-hmm. with people who are getting these infections and stuff. So if you have a family member who is uh, immunocompromised, uh, it, it, just look out for them. Try to figure out the safe thing to do, either wear a mask when you're around them or try to tell them to be conscious of their own issues and consider maybe getting uh, vaccinated if that's something that they are at a higher risk for. These three things, I think, are something that you can take into this summer and take into mm-hmm. the rest of this year and try to set yourself right from a health standpoint. Again, colonoscopies, and it's not, and again, timing is everything. Last weekend, I was in the Bay Area, yeah, uh, met a gentleman who was out there. He's, um, I guess he, it was the colon cancer uh, uh, or prostate, either one, but he both yeah. of them said, you got to get your, those tests. He said, males, fellas, guys, you got to get those tests, even though gotcha. it may be an uncomfortable conversation to have. You got to do it. You know, gotcha. it was like, I'm going to be an advocate. So you said uh, mammograms as well and COVID yeah. as well. So every, you know, just again, you're hearing from somebody directly to the point. Doc, you see it right there. He right. said, doctor, it ain't, just, it ain't me. You hear it from the doctor himself, but also somebody who's been in the field on the front lines in many different locations, man. You've been all over doing it. So you're not just, you've been no. serving in different, in different cities, states, countries, whatever it is, to the point where you know, like, it's 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 the best experience you can get, right? That's you it. Serve, One-stop so. shop, bro. I'm going to get you it go, to man. Appreciate it. Like I said, bro, we're going to tap in. So even if we got to inform, regularly have a show, we just inform, bro. We take 20, 30 minutes to inform people. Please. Let's, let's see. It, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, that way, we're, we're consistent. They get information now, and hopefully we just, hey, if it's just one, then we get two. That's it right. builds. It helps them out, man. That, that, let, let's do that, man. Let's, let's stay consistent with that. But I appreciate you, Doc. Um, have a good rest of day. Hey, you heard it here first. 94 feet with Coach JT. Dr. Italo Brown, Coach JT on this Monday afternoon episode. We out. Be good, Peace. y'all. Appreciate you, bro. Of course, man.